This is Solidarity News on Radio Labour. This is a Radio Labour World Report recorded on Friday, February 17th, 2023. I'm Mark Boulanger. In the report this week, a 25th country has ratified ILO Convention C-190 against violence and harassment at work. Teachers in emergency situations need to be paid their salaries. The Labor Start report about union events and singing. Now, if you want higher wages, let me tell you what to do. You got to talk to the workers in the shop with you. You got to build you a union. This is Radio Labor. Another milestone has been reached in the effort to get wider application of a global law against harassment and violence in the world of work. Canada has become the 25th country to ratify Convention 190 of the International Labour Organization. The ILO is the UN agency focused on matters of work in the world. It is strongly supported by the international labour movement. I talked to Shabon Vipond about ILO Convention 190. Ms. Vipond is an executive vice president of the Canadian Labour Congress. The CLC represents 3.3 million union members in the country. I asked Ms. Vipond to describe what a convention is. That's a really good place to start. So the International Labor Organization is a tripartite organization of the UN, right? So this is where governments, workers, and employers come together, and they come together and make treaties. And so the convention is the name for these international treaties that have set global standards regarding rights at work. And so when we say the ILO C-190 or ILO Convention 190, we're referring to this convention, which was adopted in June 2019 by the ILO, and then, of course, as of January of this year, has been ratified by Canada, the 25th country. Tell us about the convention. What is ILO Convention 190? It's actually really exciting rules that will help us move forward because this is the first global treaty that acknowledges the universal right to world of work free from violence and harassment. It establishes that right, but it also gives a clear framework for ending violence and harassment in the world of work. What we're seeing is now that Canada's ratified it, that governments become accountable to those agreements, right? You can't say on the international stage you'll do one thing and then at home do another. So now this means that Canada has acknowledged that everybody has this right to a world of work that is free from harassment and violence. And so this is, it's really comprehensive, um, and this is why it's going to be a great tool for us in the labour movement, because when we say the world of work is because it isn't just like sitting at your desk in a desk job or sitting on your forklift in a, you know, it is about the world of work. So this is work-related events. This is places where you maybe rest and eat related to work. It's about online spaces. It's about your commute to work. It also is inclusive in terms of contract workers. It's job seekers, apprentices, interns, and volunteers. You know, when we say violence and harassment, until this point, maybe we didn't agree on what that meant or we didn't have language that kind of outlined it. But this convention will allow us to know because it's a range of unacceptable behaviors and practices that cause harm, whether it's physical, psychological, sexual, or economic harm. How can unions and their members use the convention in their work? Well, this is where we will do some work collectively, and then, of course, unions will do the work. Like here at the CLC, we are coming up with a multi-year strategy to assist unions on how do we take all of this energy that we've had and all of this, what we've done, to mean that we can get to a place where work is safe. And so... 
in terms of unions, we're working together so that there's a bargaining principles and model language because we know that unions can bargain that at the bargaining table. And if we're all using the consistent language, that just helps everybody so that we can move the needle. We're also looking at member education initiatives because for too long, people are told at work, it's just part of the job. And so we need to educate workers so they know that it's not part of the job and that something can be done. And so when we activate our membership to understand that, then they become better activists to understand violence and harassment, to be engaged in initiatives, and then we'll be equipped to address it when it does arise. We also will be working with our unions to ensure that we're lobbying the Canadian government to work with unions and employers on an implementation plan. We don't just want the convention, we want the rules here to to reflect that. And then we'll be pushing provincial and territorial governments, as well as the federal government, to integrate 190 into the National Action Plan on Gender-Based Violence. Is the convention applicable across the country? Yeah, so now that Canada signed on and and the way we're structured, that doesn't happen without the provinces and territories, right? Because we are a confederation. And so that means that now this is a tool in the toolbox, if you will, for all of Canada. And it's going to be really important, actually, quite honestly, because we have lots of work to do. As part of its global campaign to have quality education funded adequately, Education International is calling on governments to make sure that teachers in emergency situations receive their salaries on time and in easily accessible ways. EI is the Global Union for Teachers and Other Education Workers. It represents more than 30 million union members in 172 countries. Susan Hopgood is the president of Education International. Teachers working in emergency contexts across the world are working every day to ensure their students' right to quality education. It's an injustice that so many of them have not been paid for months. So many of them are paid sporadically. So many are paid too little to live a life of dignity and support their families. So many have to take second jobs. So many cannot access their salaries without travelling long distances. It's an injustice that so many have impossible workloads and their well-being is at risk. So many lack decent working conditions. Too many teachers lack the conditions necessary to meet their students' needs. As the Global Federation of Education Unions, Education International has received too many shocking reports from member organisations about teachers in emergency contexts working without pay or support. In Afghanistan, our members report that teachers face severe salary delays, especially in rural areas. They need to travel long distances to collect salaries and even then face complications to get their salaries from the banks. This is money they have earned. We have just launched an Afghan Teachers' Rights Observatory in order to monitor the working conditions of teachers in Afghanistan and elevate their voice. The insights they provide will inform our advocacy at national and global levels. This observatory will monitor the situation on the ground in Afghanistan. This includes payment of teachers' salaries and working conditions. Human and trade union rights violations with a particular focus on gender equity and girls' access to education, as well as restrictions on women teachers. As Education International, we are on the ground, taking concrete actions to ensure the right to education. Colleagues, we need to act now. In emergency contexts, teachers cannot wait. Students cannot wait. 
Teachers are the cornerstone of quality education. Without teachers, quality education for all cannot be achieved. A student's right to education can only be met if their teachers' needs and rights are fulfilled. Payment of their salaries is imperative. Safety is imperative. Respecting teachers' professional autonomy and the right to organise is not negotiable. Providing support and suitable teaching and learning materials is essential, not a nice extra. No other professional is expected to work without pay. How can we expect teachers, the core of any education system, to teach the next generation without basic resources and conditions? Therefore, in the context of Education Cannot Wait's high-level finance conference, we call on governments and donors to make bold pledges to support education in emergencies and particularly to invest in teachers. We call on the international community to take action to develop funding mechanisms that ensure teachers are paid. We call for all policymakers to work together with teachers and their unions to develop teacher policies in emergency contexts. Governments must fully fund public education systems and invest in the professionals who work tirelessly to create the future our students deserve. Together, we can ensure that despite war, famine, climate change and forced displacement, every student has access to a qualified teacher and quality education. Here with his report about union events is Labour Start correspondent Derek Blackadder. This week our top stories section included links to coverage of the huge wave of strikes sweeping Europe. The week saw yet another national warning strike in France over the Macron government's planned pension changes and also more record-breaking walkouts over wages in the United Kingdom. Portuguese teachers were also off the job this week as they pressed their demand for a wage increase that at least matches inflation. And Spanish healthcare workers struck to protest the gutting of the public health system in the region surrounding Madrid. We also carried renewed calls for anti-worker legislation to be repealed by the government of Ukraine and a move by unions in 12 countries to support our comrades in Haiti as unions there attempt not only to cope with the political chaos in that country, but to build a solution. On our Working Women page, you'll find a story about why sex workers in New Zealand moved to organize and how they responded when their employer sacked them all. We also had coverage of a victory by Spanish unions and feminist organizations as Europe's first ever menstrual leave legislation came into effect. And what EI's newly launched Afghan Teachers' Rights Observatory means for teachers and students in that country. Stories appearing on our health and safety page in Newswire this week included the tense search for missing miners after an accident in an Australian coal mine and how education workers unions in South Africa are reacting to the ongoing failure of the government there to deal with school violence. Violence in education workplaces is a growing and global challenge facing unions everywhere. Actions organized by unions on this issue just this week took place not only in South Africa, but in Canada, the United States, Nigeria, and Argentina. Our current photo of the week is of healthcare workers in Chile who won a huge victory, the right to restorative rest in recognition of their extraordinary efforts throughout the pandemic. This is Derek Blackheader from Labor Start reporting for Radio Labor. Now here is the American folk singer Pete Seeger with Talkin' Union. 
Now, if you want higher wages, let me tell you what to do. You got to talk to the workers in the shop with you. You got to build you a union, got to make it strong. But if you all stick together, boys, it won't be long. You get shorter hours, better working conditions, vacations with pay, take your kids to the seashore. It ain't quite this simple, so I better explain just why you got to ride on the union train. 'Cause if you wait for the boss to raise your pay, we'll all be awaiting till Judgment Day. We'll all be buried, gone to heaven. St. Peter will be the straw boss then. Now you know you're underpaid, but the boss says you ain't. He speeds up the work till you're about to faint. You may be down and out, but you ain't beaten. You can pass out a leaflet and call a meeting, talk it over. Speak your mind. Decide to do something about it. Cause the boss may persuade some poor damn fool to go to your meeting and act like a stool, but you can always tell a stool, oh, that's a fact. He's got a yaller streak running down his back. He doesn't have to stool. He'll always get along on what he takes out of blind men's cups. You got a union now, and you're sitting pretty. Put some of the boys on the steering committee. The boss won't listen when one guy squawks, 'cause he's got to listen when the union talks. He'd better be mighty lonely. Everybody decide to walk out on him. Suppose they're working you so hard it's just outrageous, and they're paying you all starvation wages. You go to the boss, and the boss would yell, "Before I raise your pay, I'd see you all in hell." Well, he's puffing a big cigar, feeling mighty slick, 'cause he thinks he's got your union licked. Well, he looks out the window, and what does he see but a thousand pickets, and they all agree he's a bastard, unfair slave driver. Betty beats his wife. Now, boys, you come to the hardest time. The boss will try to bust your picket line. He'll call out the police, the National Guard. They'll tell you it's a crime to have a union card. They'll raid your meeting. They'll hit you on the head. They'll call every one of you a damn red unpatriotic, sabotaging national defense. But out at Ford, here's what they found, and out at Vultee, here's what they found, and out at Alice Chalmers, here's what they found, and down at Bethlehem, here's what they found. That if you don't let red baiting break you up, and if you don't let stool pigeons break you up, and if you don't let vigilantes break you up, and if you don't let race hatred break you up, you'll win. What I mean, take it easy, but take it. And that's it. Labor news you can use. You can listen to our daily newscasts and features at radiolabor.net. I'm Mark Belanger. Thank you for listening, and remember, it's all about global solidarity.